Working with Hamas against America, the terrorist group's official hinting at a possible anti-U.S. coalition with Iran, Russia and China. The day may come when they join the way together and turn America into a thing of the past. Australia's Prime Minister stepping foot in China for the first time in seven years. What's on the agenda for his meeting with Xi Jinping? Foreign money is fleeing China. And now foreign direct investment has hit a new low. China just clocked a deficit in the measure for the first time since records began. And 2024 presidential candidates taking a hard stance on China, with some calling the country an enemy of the United States. Welcome to China In Focus. I'm Don Ma in for Tiffany Meyer today. Is China a neutral player in the ongoing Israel-Hamas war? Here's what a Hamas official is saying about China's ties to the terrorist group following the bloody attack on Israel. The Chinese sent envoys to Doha, and China and Russia met with the leaders of Hamas. The senior Hamas member made the remarks during an interview with the Lebanese news channel last Thursday. Back in October, Hamas representatives met with Russia's special envoy and Iranian deputy foreign minister in Moscow. China's special envoy to the Middle East also traveled to Qatari capital Doha on October 19th. Doha is home to Hamas's leader and other members of the group's leadership. Beijing has provided no details on the trip. As for what's behind the alleged diplomatic moves, the Hamas official made a bold statement alleging a potential anti-U.S. alliance among, quote, all of America's enemies. The day may come when they join the way together and turn America into a thing of the past. The officials' claims comes amid the ongoing Israel-Hamas war. There's also a growing movement to push back on the Western-led global order and rule of law involving countries like Iran, Russia and China. Plus, Hamas now has another potential ally, North Korea. In the interview, the Hamas official praised Pyongyang for its alleged ability to strike U.S. soil, referring to the regime as, quote, part of our alliance. Israel earlier said the terrorist group used North Korean weapons in their October 7th attack, killing over 1,400 Israelis. Pyongyang denied the allegation. As of now, neither Russia nor China have condemned the Hamas terrorist attack. China has refrained from describing Hamas as terrorists and has put pressure on Israel to stop bombing Gaza. A former Hamas leader earlier claimed that Beijing is taking notes on their terrorist attack and could replicate it for Taiwan. Are young people supporting Hamas because of TikTok? That's the case a congressman is making, saying the U.S. should completely ban the Chinese platform. NTD's Arian Pazdar spoke with an expert on Chinese propaganda. Congressman Mike Gallagher wrote an op-ed for the Free Press saying many young Americans support Hamas because of TikTok. He cited a poll which says that over half of college-aged Americans say Hamas attacks on Israel on October 7th were justified. Gallagher wrote that a growing number of Americans rely on TikTok for their news. Today, TikTok is the top search engine for more than half of Gen Z. Official numbers from TikTok show that posts with the hashtag Free Palestine are getting around 17 times more views than posts with the hashtag Stand with Israel. This may come to no surprise as former leader of the Palestine Liberation Organization Yasser Arafat visited China 14 times before he died. He met with CCP leaders including Mao Zedong and Jiang Zemin.
Congressman Gallagher wrote, We know for a fact that the CCP uses TikTok to push its propaganda and censor views that diverge from the party line. And he concludes by saying that completely banning TikTok in the US protects our public square from the surveillance, malign influence, censorship and propaganda of a foreign adversary. Now to learn more about China's online propaganda campaign surrounding the Israel-Hamas war, I spoke with Jake Denton. He's a research associate in the Tech Policy Center with the Heritage Foundation. Denton tells me China is using this war to emerge as a more influential power than the United States. Take a look. So when they have the ability to either diminish uh, the role of the United States or to, you know, target another Western country, it's to their advantage to push uh, content that promotes the alternative view, one that makes China look more respected. And Denton says he agrees with the congressman that TikTok should be banned completely. He also warns if Congress doesn't take the necessary steps, it could have a long-lasting impact on the United States, being shaped by information coming from the Chinese Communist Party. What that results in is a generation that doesn't value the United States, that really doesn't like our own way of government. And so what you have is potentially a generation of citizens who identify closer with China's worldview than our own. And there's no telling of how that ends for us. He says the United States is already seeing the impact of this among young Americans and that it will only get worse if things don't change. Arian Pastar, NTD News. China has become a hot topic among presidential hopefuls. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on Friday criticized former United Nations Ambassador and South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley for her record on China. He accused her of rolling out the red carpet for Beijing. Her record is writing the Chinese ambassador love letters saying like how great a friend China is. No, they're not a friend. But former Governor Nikki Haley denies those accusations. She says she views China as an enemy and that China has been practically preparing for war with the U.S. for years. Other than DeSantis and Haley, presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy is also taking a tough stance on China. I see a lot of other candidates, many of them will be on that debate stage, dancing around the really difficult issues we need to answer. How do we advance American interests? How do we focus on our real adversary, communist China, and declare independence from them? While staying out of World War III, which we are closer to any time in my lifetime than we've ever been. The third Republican presidential primary debate is scheduled for Wednesday in Miami. A California congresswoman asking entities worldwide to pull support from a Chinese logistics platform. In a recent letter, Congress member Michelle Steele argued the platform could give the CCP a roadmap to gain a stranglehold on the arteries of global trade. She added that its data could help Beijing identify transportation paths to control the movement of goods and that using it is actively risking our national security and the security of our allies. She's calling attention to Log Inc. It was constructed and put into use by several Chinese state ministries and is used by shipping ports around the world. The platform linked with International Port Community Systems Association in 2017. And later it joined the world body's network of trusted networks in 2022. According to the U.S.-China Economic and Security Review, Log Inc. has cooperation agreements with at least 24 ports, free ports and port operations outside of China, including nine in Europe. Instead, she's introducing a bill that would direct U.S. departments to work with international government organizations to develop an alternative, secure platform.
Australia's Prime Minister is meeting with Chinese leader Xi Jinping. It's the first time for Albanese to visit China after he took office in 2022. What is Australia's expecting to get out of the visit? And what does it mean for China? Let's dive in. As the West swings from decoupling to de-risking with China, a close U.S. ally, Australia, is attempting to take one step closer toward Beijing. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese met with Chinese leader Xi Jinping on Monday in Beijing. He zeroed in on increasing trade with China. Uh, China is our, our most important trading partner. It uh, represents more than 25% of our exports and one in four of our jobs relies upon our trade. Uh, so it's an important relationship. China also set a positive tone during the meeting. She said the two countries now share a sound and stable relationship. Signs of a thaw between them started showing weeks ahead of the meeting. Beijing released an Australian reporter last month after three years in detention, while Canberra opted to keep leasing a significant port to Beijing, despite U.S. protests over security concerns. Looking back on the China-Australia relationship, it plunged to a record low three years ago amid the pandemic. At the time, Australia's then-Prime Minister called for an international probe into the origins of the virus. In retaliation, Beijing imposed a series of penalties on Australian imports, worth roughly $14 billion. They covered goods from wine to coal. A few Australian reporters were also arrested in China for investigating the pandemic, and one was thrown into Chinese prison for four years. And a first for China's financial market, a quarterly deficit in foreign direct investment. Based on balance of payments data, the country saw an $11.8 billion deficit from July to September. It's the first ever quarterly shortfall since China's foreign exchange regulator started recording the data in 1998. China has seen capital outflows surge in recent months. Experts point to the country's large interest rate disadvantage, as well as a wave of Western countries looking to de-risk from China and shift toward other countries. The plunge comes alongside a record low for China's currency in October, with trading volume for the yuan against the dollar falling over 70 percent since August. An American consultancy is waving goodbye to its China operations after 30 years. Why? Let's take a look. Washington-based consultancy Gallup is the latest in a growing trend of Western businesses to flee the country. According to a Financial Times report, the company is shuttering three offices inside China. It also notified clients that it would shut down some of its China-based projects while relocating others. Gallup launched its China business back in 1993, opening offices in Beijing, Shanghai and Shenzhen. It offers research services to help companies grow their brands. The announcement comes as investment manager Givangard closes out its own exit from China, with reports saying Shanghai office and most remaining staff there will leave by early next year. On the other hand, U.S. officials are talking up the potential for agricultural trade with China. That's while attending a trade fair in Shanghai. Here's more. U.S. Ambassador to China Nicholas Burns cut a ribbon to open the event. This was the first time the U.S. has participated since it began in 2018. Burns reiterated that Washington was not seeking to decouple from China. We seek to move forward in two-way trade between the United States and China. Now, we are de-risking, altering supply chains, 
in critical materials and minerals in some cases, but that's because that's the smart thing to do post-pandemic. And of course, China has been de-risking as well. Visitors sampled food products sourced from the U.S. A senior trade and agriculture official said China is a top market for U.S. agricultural products. Oil seeds and grains are the top U.S. export to China, accounting for over $25 billion last year. But Brazil has been eating into the U.S. share of the Chinese market, following bumper soybean and corn harvests. Coming up, the FBI director with an alarming message to U.S. senators, all about cyber threats from China. That's as the Biden administration strives to take the lead on artificial intelligence regulation with a new order. Will the directive be enough to address the Chinese AI threat? And how does the Chinese Communist Party use AI to influence and weaken a free society? We sat down with Rex Lee, cybersecurity advisor at My Smart Privacy, for details. Imagine that we're already allowing Chinese companies to do this much surveillance and data mining on U.S. citizens, and then you overlay AI to it, and then the threats become even larger to the end user. More on that after the break here on China In Focus. Welcome back to China In Focus. I'm Don Ma in for Tiffany Meyer today. The Biden administration looking to take the lead in governing artificial intelligence with the new executive order. Will this directive be enough to tackle Beijing's AI threat? And how does the Chinese Communist Party harness AI to impact and influence free societies? We discuss these issues with Rex Lee, cybersecurity advisor at My Smart Privacy. And joining us now is Rex Lee, cybersecurity advisor at My Smart Privacy. So President Joe Biden recently signed a very ambitious executive order on making artificial intelligence safer. But it seems like you may be saying that the order actually fails to address threats posed by Chinese artificial intelligence. What is the threat that is being posed here by Chinese AI? Like Google, Apple, Microsoft, Chinese companies are in the surveillance and data mining um, uh, business as well, or what I term as the information trafficking business. So I'll give you an example. The TikTok isn't free. It's paid for by end user personal information, which also includes if they their business information, medical information, legal information, employment information, biometric information, and location data. This is all the key data that these apps are collecting. So. Imagine that we're already allowing Chinese companies to do this much surveillance and data mining on U.S. citizens, and then you overlay AI to it, and then the threats become even larger to the end user. What exactly in the real world would this AI impact regular Americans? AI by itself isn't the threat. It's the business model that's uh, associated with the threat, which is it's a targeted advertising business model rooted in surveillance capitalism, meaning that the company first develops a surveillance and data mining platform. That's what TikTok is. That's what Facebook is. That's what uh, WeChat is or Instagram or YouTube. But if a business end user for a major corporation has this app on their phone, they're basically being surveilled by companies that are beholden to the Chinese Communist Party, such as ByteDance or any other Chinese company, Badu, Tencent, 
All these companies um, are forced to have a member of the CCP on their board. Not according to me, but this has been reported by Bloomberg and other publications that uh, that's a requirement in China. In your stance, uh, why does this executive order by Biden not address uh, the threat being posed by AI and these platforms? Well, because it's not addressing the root threat. The root threat isn't AI by itself. AI, let's 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 talk a little bit about what that is. A lot of people don't know what chat GPT is. Well, GPT is a generative pre-trained transformer, or that that literally means that it is trained by the people who are programming it. It does it didn't it doesn't wake up and program itself. That's a that's a misnomer. These companies are programming it. In the United States, it's programmed for capitalism. In China, it's programmed to support communism. Um, and that's the bottom line because it's being trained by the programmers um, and, and, and so forth. And they're using end user data to train the, the, these uh, products. So what the problem, the root causes is the surveillance and data mining business practices that come along with the AI. That's the root problem in the executive order. It talks about protecting the end user's privacy, but it's not going to the root of the threat, which is Google, Apple, Microsoft, or ByteDance, or Tencent, or any other company that develops these intrusive apps and platforms supported by AI. Their business is to collect as much information on the end user as possible. And since the uh, act is not uh, addressing that aspect of it, it's 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 not really going to be very effective in uh, stopping China from uh, surveilling and data mining end users of popular Chinese apps and social media platforms like Tencent and WeChat and uh, Timu and Shin and so forth. Uh, and that's 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 the real threat. Could these Chinese trained AI apps um, influence American politics? Because as we yes. all know. Yes. A lot of Americans get their information from social media. We're seeing this mainly with Palestinian protests here in the United States. A lot of these, these people that are being influenced have no idea who's doing the influencing. There are nation state groups that set up social media uh, platforms for adversarial countries like uh, China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, and so forth. So imagine that they're setting up millions of these accounts. The accounts are set up for two purposes. One is to influence elections. The other one is to cause discourse and spread information while spreading information, propaganda, and misinformation. And we're told, even by our government, that we're in an arms race regarding AI development and that we're actually in competition with China, yet the three American companies that are responsible and uh, for developing AI, two of them mainly, Google and uh, Microsoft and or Alphabet, Google's parent company, they're supposed to be in China in competition with these Chinese companies like ByteDance and Badu, when in reality they're partnering with them and they also are distributing their apps and, and uh, uh, platforms that are uh, supported by Chinese AI. Google, Apple, and Microsoft have more power than the U.S. government to stop this threat, but they're not going to do it because these companies from China are paying them billions of dollars. What needs to be done to prevent this uh, from happening? What they need to add, what they need to add to the act, and I broke it down. I looked at the, all the privacy components in the act. 
Um, they need to address surveillance business practices in the act. And, and this is a failure with uh, privacy laws like the California Consumer Privacy Act or CCPA and uh, Europe's GDPR and the new um, uh, law in California uh, uh, where you can have your information deleted. What, those, those are ineffective. They're not protecting people from surveillance and data mining uh, apps. And the and the, these companies know it. Now, like Google, Apple, and Microsoft, they're circumventing the GDPR laws in Europe um, by simply stating to the courts there every time they get sued is at the end users accepting all of this when they click on I agree. When you accept the terms of use that go with that, app, you're accepting or at that point enabling these app developers to uh, conduct audio, video, uh, and physical surveillance of all of your um, uh, all of your activities, whether they're personal activities or business activities, while data mining over 5,000 highly confidential data points associated with the end users, personal, business, medical, legal, uh, biometric employment and location data. That that's a tremendous amount of data that they're taking and they're and they're uh, selling that uh, and or using it internally. Thank you so much today for your insight, Rex Lee. Thank you. And that's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Don Ma. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you would like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus at ntd.com. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for watching and see you soon.